0: And you're very welcome along to this week's edition of DadCast. All dads are here. Nathan is here. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, Dave McIntyre is here. Hi, lads.
1: And uh, Adrian Barry and his family are here. <laughs> I'll try and keep them out of it as much as I can. Difficult.
2: Adrian, <laughs> Adrian is currently going through Dave's motto in his head. He's like, don't lose the rag. Don't <laughs> lose the rag. Not, not on TV.
1: When you're 50-50 like me, lads, you, know, you meet pressure points.
0: 50-50, you're 50? You turn 50? You feel 50? What was the 50-50 difference?
1: <laughs> halba, halba. Um, 50-50 workload.
0: Oh, 50 oh, workload, yeah. That, that thing yeah. you made up last week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this one here is going through a biting, a biting phase. Ooh. So you're really yeah. not, uh, not safe. Arms, legs, whatever's going, she's getting ball.
0: On purpose, and bad, yeah. like to inflict oh, yeah. pain.
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, I think I don't know. Like it feels like maybe she's sort of so crazy about you. She wants to bite you to express, like, <laughs> you know, how much you mean to her. I mean, i I'm, I'm. So I've invented that as a way of making peace with having bruises all over my body. So. Yeah.
0: And what do you do? How do you stop it? What? You're a man who likes to read about these things. What? Uh, what is the?
1: I haven't read about this one other than, like, at times, for for F sake, get the F off me, what the F are you doing? Um I want to To other times, just trying to, like, you know that thing of obviously not trying, don't do very much and um, don't endorse the idea that they can get a reaction or whatever. So, a um, little bit of everything. Like, it, it's when you know it's coming, it's fine, because you can sort of prep for it. But when it catches you off, off guard and you get this, like, stabbing in the arm it's not nice
0: so it doesn't come in response to something you've done it's not like you're saying go to you you know you're not having no that, no that.
1: no it's not it's sorry yeah I, no she's normally actually the reason I said it it's because it feels like it might be that she's so crazy about you that she's generally very happy when she does it like she's normally smiling
2: and coming over to give you a hug okay. like, grabbing
1: out of your leg and then before you know it,
2: ah, she's right. into you <laughs> okay <laughs> are we going to get a live action scene here
1: Hopefully not. She's in her seat now playing her water. So, okay. um, and the other lad is watching The Land Before Time, which was not a programme I was that familiar with up to a couple of weeks ago. But now we're all characters from The Land Before Time. Um, he's Sarah. And, um, and I'm a character. I'm my dad at Triceratops. His mother is Mama Triceratops. And then his um, sister is Miss Trish, who's the um, principal at the um, Montessori that he goes to. I sort of i ga- I I'm presuming that listen, you he's not he's you know, he's not mad about her getting in on his action, so he's like we can all be in the cartoon and you need to be somebody else that's entirely different. That's nothing got to, to do with that.
2: You really want to get back into the office, don't you?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh
0: I have um, I have one, one piece of correspondence that I might read if um if somebody wants to mute them. The background noise there for <laughs> a minute while I... <laughs> wow. God,
2: dad I cat, dad parenting. Wow. Parenting <laughs> yeah. That's the fuck up. Jeez, now, we're it, it. now we're seeing a real I sign His sort heard. of sarcastic tone. Does somebody just like to shut up for a little while. Well There was no sarcasm about it. Uh, hi, lads. The, the
0: uh, subject line of this is kids are becoming feral. Hi, lads. Thanks so much for the pods over the last few weeks. You all make me feel like a better parent that I'm sure I am, that I'm sure I am, even for an hour until I become unhinged at whatever the demons have done to wind me up. You might remember those two little cherubs from episode nine, Sister on Sister Hair Crime, where Lily took a scissors to her little sister's hair that had Mammy crying and Daddy just happy that the sisters were not procured on my watch. Lily is five and Carice is four. Short version is that the two of them were on the couch with their iPads while I was on a conference call at work. From the commotion in the sitting room, it was clear that one iPad was now dead and one of them wasn't happy with this. After some shouting, I could hear an iPad getting fucked across the room and hit the kitchen door. <laughs> Pretty standard so far. Then Carice comes into the kitchen hysterical, saying that Lily hit her. At this stage, I had to mute the work call. I picked her up. I could see blood on her foot. I initially thought that she had scraped her, and I bolted into the sitting room to see why she had scraped her little sister when I got a fright. Lily was sitting calmly with her now ill-gotten gains of her sister's iPad, with claret streaming from her face. What the fuck happened? She was calmly wiping the blood in the sleeve of a fluffy onesie while trying not to get blood on the sacred iPad. I lifted her off the couch so that, too, wouldn't be covered in blood and to try to hide the evidence of this skirmish from Mammy if she happened to walk in. I put her in the middle of the floor and instructed her not to move, that I was going to get a towel, and I told her she'd have to blow her nose. I spoke too soon. Just as I said, blow your nose. She blocked one nostril with her finger and blew hard as she could, Mark Hughes style. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Then cleared the other one and that is the pump be in the pick. I got her cleaned up and all seemed to be fine. No split lip or missing teeth. We may get away with this just yet. Not too bad. Just some blood to clean up. And she's tough as a coffin nail so no tears were shed apart from the demon child. I asked Carice why she was crying and I innocently thought she'd gotten a fright when she saw the blood but no, she was crying because Lily still had her iPad. Couldn't give a fiddler's fuck. She gave her sister a volley in the face, which left her sister looking like Terry Butcher. Everything was grand. Some Easter eggs were doled out to lift the mood. All going well. As soon as Mammy walked in the door, Carice disappeared and, without warning, produced a blood-soaked towel that was her fault, mind you, and said, look what happened to poor Lily when you were out. I'm sure this will only get worse as they get older with makeup and clothes, etc. but I pity the poor fucker who marries the little one. Leave up the great work <laughs> It's genuinely a source of encouragement that maybe we are actually doing an all right job when we're not hurling scooters over fences, of course. Kind regards, Darren. He sent us those photographs and uh, they are absolutely astonishing. The amount of blood that came out uh, is like, it is like a scene from The Exorcist. And not a, not a tear shed. So it makes us all feel a little bit better that um, when my kids are definitely killing each other a lot at the moment. Uh, there has been not that much blood. <coughs>
2: Yeah, I don't. I think we've been good on the lack of blood count. It's incredible how quickly things can disintegrate the second the battery dies on the iPad. So we can have absolute silence for 40 minutes in the sitting room and the two lads will be sitting there and they'll be watching Minecraft or playing Minecraft and delighted with life. And the second, within three seconds of the battery dying, somebody's getting punched. I should just charge it more. I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's it, it's the screen time. It's uh, it turns them
0: all into little weird psychopaths.
2: Yeah, yeah. God, it could have been worse. Like the second you see blood, all you're thinking is, all I think whenever there's blood is, did I leave a knife somewhere? Oh, like you're, Again, you're always it's self protection. While there's huge concern for your child, obviously, once you see it's not something that needs to be rushed to hospital for it's, am I somehow at fault for this? yeah am <laughs> I getting the blame for this how, how much shit am I in here oh, I left I, yeah, I left a knife right on the edge why better I do that I didn't do that
0: it's also going to get worse as this goes on the longer it goes on the more opportunities they have to discover things and push the boundaries of what's available within the house to jump off or fall off <laughs> our, our youngest fell off um, a ladder that he was like climbing up the top of it was a small step ladder that was bad and then he also fell off the uh, the outside table bounced on a chair, bounced on the back wall and then bounced on the ground. But it has so far bounced back um, <laughs> relatively well.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, bounce, bounce back ability is the most important of all the abilities. Um, Dave, you, you've had a tough week. I don't know how much you want to talk about it here.
3: Uh, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's been a week that we won't forget forever, really. Um, our listeners won't know, but a good friend of mine died suddenly on saturday afternoon and we've just left his house where we watched the funeral together because obviously there's limited numbers allowed at these events and the only reason i wanted to talk to him is because it is the dad cast and because he was a dad and and he was an amazing dad and he was absolutely dedicated to his boys and he he probably can't listen to us now but for any dads out there that are losing the rag or that are firing scooters over fences, just when you get home this evening, whatever they're doing, just take a deep breath and appreciate them for the fact that they're there. Because this guy, his whole life was his two boys and his wife. And he's left a three-year-old and a six-month-old behind him. And he would give anything to be able to spend five more minutes with his boys. And being a dad is such a special thing. And not everyone gets to experience it. And yeah, like we're in mad times. And it's been one of those mad weeks where you have to keep your social distance, even though you're devastated. But especially this weekend, where maybe people who are listening to us this afternoon if they're pulled up in the attic or somewhere, or they're still coming and going from the office, and they mightn't have spent that much time with their their kids this this week, just have a good weekend with them because you just don't know. It might be your last weekend. You never know. Appreciate whatever you can with them, and and try not to lose the rag because it might be it might be something you regret. I just I I wasn't sure I'd, I how long I'd be able to spend on the call. I'd stick around now because we're okay, but. I'm just glad we got through this week. His family have been unbelievable. His wife has just been... Like, it's indescribable how strong she's been. And obviously, we're all going to be so important now over the next days and weeks and months and make sure that the two boys know what an unbelievable guy that their daddy was. But um, I think it's appropriate that the first bit of broadcasting I've done after his funeral has been the dad cast. if you're a dad, just appreciate it because it's it's such a special, unbelievable thing and give them a hug when you get home that's that's about, that's about the height of the message for today
0: What was the funeral like?
3: It was obviously desperately sad, but um there he was he was so happy when he went and the happiest oh, because we we obviously know i know him for 30 years and we know that he was never happier than he was in the last three or four years with his boys and with his wife and that's a real source of solace for us all and that message really came out in the funeral so it was tough obviously and it's been an awful week but there have been some amazing moments during the week as well and You can already see his little three-year-old running around the garden what a little legend he is. And that that's in a large way down to his dad who's spent every possible second in the garden with him. And there would have been neighbours that would have talked about how they never heard anything other than the two of them in the garden. And sometimes playing with your boys is boring because they want to play the same game for the 71st time in the last two hours. And you're thinking it's probably a really interesting email or I'm sure someone's cracked a really good gag in a WhatsApp group somewhere. But soon they'll stop asking you to play with them when they're four or six or eight or 10. I don't know what that age is yet. I haven't got to it yet. But soon the words, daddy, will you play with me? They just won't be uttered anymore because they have better things to do. And I don't think my friend ever found it boring. It was never a chore for him. And all of that came out in the funeral. So yes, it was a desperately sad funeral and very bizarre watching it on a live stream. But um, it was an amazing service as well.
0: It sounds like this is having a profound impact on on you and on on how you're going to behave and and interact into the future. Um, And certainly, obviously, if you feel that now, how do you make sure that happens?
3: I don't know. I don't think you can. Like we've talked about, um, we've talked about perspective already during the, these last few weeks. That we, you know we wonder how much of the COVID nineteen era will stick with us when we have a vaccine and we can get back to the sort of hectic lives we were leading. And I've voiced my own fears that any sense of perspective is fleeting, and not, it never lasts long enough. And that's speaking from experience as well, because I've had friends who died prematurely in the past and yeah you're devastated for a week but you've got your own issues and your own problems and you move on all too quickly so I hope I pray that uh the approach that I've taken at home this week because I've spent a few hours most days in in his garden and you know his boy's been kicking the football around and I've taken that home with me and even when the lads have done something that normally really would start the temper getting close to boiling over, and I have to say those words to myself, don't lose the rag. Um, yeah, it's definitely helped me. Will it help me next week when I'm not over in his house and it's just his wife and his two boys and his sister that are going to have to start picking up the pieces? I hope it will. But, look, rest assured, I'll be bitching and moaning about the unimportant things all too soon. I, it's just human nature. It's not a great trait that I have personally but I hope it can last longer this time, I hope in a month's time where there's that little skirmish that might really anger me in a month's time, I'll go well look these things happen and maybe it will, I hope so, we'll keep track of it, you can ask me next week am I still changed after what's gone on this week I might be Um, but it's, I I definitely have that feeling now so I'll uh, I'll hold on to it for as long as I can.
0: One of the the good parts about how we deal with death in Ireland is our funerals and how people gather together and celebrate and tell stories. And, you know, sometimes they they drink, sometimes they eat, sometimes they don't, just have a cup of tea. Like, not really having the full, proper Irish wake and funeral. um, how, How is that for your friends and for dealing with your collective grief and your individual grief?
3: Um, I don't know, it's um like my, I lost my granny a few weeks ago and I personally found it to be a, a better scenario. It was far more intimate and it's just us in the church. And while I know there was probably a lot of people that wanted to call by the house and pay their respects to her that didn't get to do it and they probably felt they missed out on that. But I, I thought it was a really intimate and poignant um, funeral. It's a lot different when somebody's taken so young and so unfairly and so cruelly. And someone that had just like hundreds of friends. Um, it's very different. I guess the only per the only person you can really, a- that can really answer that question is probably his wife. But um, I, I, I was happy enough to get the time that I did get this week to spend with her and my friends from college and her, her two boys. And, you know, we all got to see him yesterday, which was obviously heartbreaking. Our, our hearts were just broken into a million pieces for them. But it was great to be able to see him yesterday. They, I, I'd say there's a lot of people, particularly younger people, who, who don't miss the old Irish traditional wake. I know for older people, it's always been a massive part of death in this country. And as the old phrase goes, it's one of the things we do best in Ireland and always have done for hundreds of years. I personally don't miss that traditional series and sequence of events, but I'm sure there were some people this week that did miss it. The
1: She's um, <laughs> dead. I'm sorry, by the way. That's That's tough as all hell and it's very evident from uh, how well you've communicated yourself over the last few minutes as well, the toll obviously that it's taken. It's, um, uh, it's funny, the like the coronavirus stuff, like I think uh, when you have kids it gives you a brand new perspective, doesn't it, on like um, your own uh, mortality, I suppose, or whatever, or like, you know, I'm not going to be around forever but I make things as good as I can for this crowd um, sort of while I'm here uh, but definitely the coronavirus thing has uh, certainly started a new... Uh, it certainly did start a new train of thought with me anyway over the early patches. Um, like in terms of you know, you're having thoughts about like. Uh, well, sorry, I <laughs> I was having thoughts about like uh, you know, if you weren't, you know, if if you don't survive this thing, um, you, your your thoughts really turn away from yourself in a way that uh, after having kids, in a way that you couldn't have even imagined. I don't think beforehand like you're not the most important thing. All of a sudden. Um, uh, it's quite an incredible thing, but I can't imagine the uh, anguish that you're going through at the minute.
3: Yeah, like, Will, we'll, you, 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 you do start looking at your own mortality when you have children because there's, there's far more reason to stick around because um, you want to be there for them and you want to be able to mind them and you want to be able to hold their hand and guide them in, in every way that you can. And, you know, they might push back, and my boys are pushing back already i'm still just getting used to allowing the older guy cross the road on his own and he's brilliant at it and he always makes sure he does look in every direction necessary but your heart is still in your mouth when he scooted on 200 meters and you're kind of trying to keep the smaller guy upright on his bike as we just did that this morning but but, uh you can't stand in their way either and you do think And this week has obviously forced me and my friends to think, well, what would life be like for them if you weren't here? But at the same time, there's absolutely no point in thinking those ways because for a start, if you're not there, there's nothing you can do about it. And you can only control the time that you do have with them. Try not to smother them, but at the same time, try and convince them that when you do – Raise your voice or scream at them for not looking both ways on cross the crossroad, you're only doing it for their good. Um, with all of those moments in our lives, particularly post parenthood, where you do maybe lie awake at night, and I, Jerry, you've talked about it in detail, where you have visions of your own death and your children's death, and um, you can't tell your mind to banish those thoughts, but yeah, they are more frequent after you've had babies because you just want to make sure that you're there for the long term but there's nothing we can do like what happened my friend is was inescapable it was um it was just one of those things and if you spend your life worrying about those little things he definitely didn't um if you do spend your life worrying about those things you're going to miss out on the moments that you do have and they um you don't know how many of those are going to be left so i think as difficult as it is for us to avoid those morbid thoughts you have to do your best to make sure they're as infrequent as possible
2: It's hard at the moment though isn't it It's hard not yeah, to get is. wrapped up in them and not just not just even with with this and like the immediate next three months, six months, three years, great depressions, like what their future outlook looks like, but also even more things like climate change that I would have been aware of and you'd go well in 30 40 50 years what sort of issues are our kids going to face when they're our age or are their kids whereas now suddenly you realize that actually the worst thing can happen like this is the first time in our life where the worst possible like this is a the sort of thing they make horror movies about that everything we've for me it's weird everything i've ever read about climate change suddenly i'm like well this is going to be their reality unfortunately that's these sort of, whether it's pandemics, are just massive global issues that they will have no control over personally could end up dominating their lives for the next 60, 70 years. And it's hard not to get depressed about that. <laughs> <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> but there, it, like, the, the, only, the only good thing about this pandemic is that it doesn't affect children. Like it's the only little peace of mind you can get. And, and you're right, you do worry about what would happen if something happened to yourself or your partner or like the way this thing spreads, both of you, what, what would happen and what sort of issues could come down the track, even if you were to get this in terms of who was like who would mind the children if it got into the house? Do you have to bring your grandparents involved in this and suddenly you're putting a whole load more people at risk? Like from that, That initial entry stage to, for them, where does does this stress in life end? Maybe it does. Maybe, again, we're right in the middle of the storm, and in three years, we're not looking back and laughing, but we're going, oh, geez, we all weathered this. And now all we have to worry about is climate change, which, as I just pointed out, (laughs) it turns out is going to be really bad.
1: Um, there was definitely, I definitely, that, on that um, that thing of like, you know, <clears throat> early in coronavirus, like, let's say, oh, I was to get it and I'll pass it on to my wife and then she was to get it and let's say we were both to yeah, get hospitalized, suddenly you're like, Jesus, who's going to look after the kids? And also, like, you know, there's a possibility that they have it and are they going to be passing it on to like my sister or my wife's parents or like, you know what I mean? It's, Jesus, suddenly, that was definitely part of the thing that I spoke about before that was... Drive me to the depths of despair. The helplessness of not being able—like you—very quickly are like I, like you couldn't care less about yourself. Whatever, whatever the outcome is, the outcome. But from their point of view, you're like Jesus Christ. Like, you know, this thing has escalated very quickly, and in a couple of weeks or a month's time, if this thing knocks at our door, um, we'd be very helpless to be able to look after our children at all. And where the hell is that at? What do you hmm. do though?
3: Like, you can only. As regards the climate change aspect of it, with COVID-19, you could just do your best to protect yourself and your partner and your kids, but the climate change question is just so much bigger, and yeah, you can take your own steps to try and maybe help with those thoughts, do what you can to, you know, lessen your own carbon footprint, but, like, that's just such a unsolvable problem that... Like, how can you how can you carry on if you spend too much time thinking about those things? Like, when you when you say you're getting depressed thinking about them, Nathan. Like, for how long?
2: Yeah, like like, would it take
3: over a minute of your thoughts, or (laughs) an hour, or a day, or? Uh,
2: it, It depends. I've kind of probably like a lot of people gone through cycles, and I think which we touched on. So, first weekend, real doom and gloom. Probably got into a a good routine, and then a couple of weeks ago, definitely had a good five or six days of like. This is, again, trying to recalibrate your life that we may need to. And again, I'm thinking about just like mad shit all the time of, well, thinking back to the Spanish flu. Well, they, they bounced back from that. But well, in 1918, they didn't have the expectations that we had of our lives and what we could do and going to Lanzarote for 10 days. Like this is what the children expect. So we should let them do this. That just need to lower, like do we all need to lower our expectations for what the rest of our life is going to be out of this? Well, it depends on
0: what you value, like if you value spending good quality time with people, or you, mm. you mean, am I going to be allowed to fly to wherever I want to in the world at a very low rate that we have been doing unsustainably and and burning up the resources of the planet to the point where it's tilting over into an abyss? We're probably not going to be able to do that anymore, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. But Dave, I think, the point, I think the point about addressing climate change is that you have to have the conversations with your mates, like you have to kind of talk about it the way we talk about it in this podcast is like i'm genuinely concerned about what the future of the planet's going to be like and any anything we can do to raise awareness around that is us doing our bit so like that does mean talking about it and making sure the politicians are talking about it but your mates are talking about it more importantly so that like collectively everybody makes their step and then it leads to to putting pressure on the various industries that are actually the the mass polluters so agriculture uh, aviation these things that we take for granted like we we take for granted that we're going to have access to cheap food and Cheap travel, but we're not and a global pandemic like this is our opportunity to go Okay, the aviation industry was unsustainable if the, if we all want to live on this planet, you can't continue to have Cheap flights to Lanzarote for a million people every year
3: Yeah, I think our expectation levels will drop and that definitely is a good thing for example like the the tourism industry in this country is probably going to be on its knees by the time we get through this. I definitely would be one that will now consider, and I'm a sun worshiper, but I will give far more consideration to staying in Ireland and heading down one of the coastlines to try and keep my money in this country. And yeah, the two, three holidays a year, for a number of reasons, I think it's a thing of the past. For financial reasons, for logistical reasons, for environmental reasons. Um, every everybody's expectations will be lowered and therefore our children's expectations will be lowered and when you're away on these holidays in Canaries or wherever, you're with your kids and you're with your wife and that's the most important part of it, mm. we can still do that over here even if it happens to be raining outside, it may not be as easy to keep everybody happy and I know it's so easy to say this now, it might not be as easy if you're in a, a two bedroom bungalow in West Cork and it's lashing rain for the fourth day in a row outside and cabin bee fever is setting in and the iPad has been smashed as it was in the case of one of our viewers and listeners there but yeah, Nathan's right it is going to be a it's going to be a new world when we emerge from this and in, in, in better ways in a lot of ways
0: We need a toolkit to deal with that I think and that, that kind of they're the conversations that we all need to be having with ourselves and with our families like Um, so what if this happens again? What is our toolkit for dealing with that? And what is like, you know, so it's good practice now for that four-day holiday in West Cork where it lashes rain. Um, And fair play to you for finding the bungalow available in West Cork because like that, like, you know, it's going to be, uh, the tourism industry, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens because people won't be traveling outside of Ireland. Everybody's going to be holidaying in Ireland and the demand for everything is going to shoot through the roof. So you would hope that it will survive and it might actually prosper from this and that, that might be something that, you know we we all rediscover love for uh, our own locality but like in terms of not thinking about the depressive stuff I, like there is i guess there is some things you can do practically to prepare like you can make sure you have a will you can make sure that your insurance your your life assurance is up to date that you've started a pension all that boring stuff that uh, would actually give you some peace of mind if you were to contract this disease and it went pretty mm-hmm. badly for you like you know it's not that much peace of mind but at least you'll be like yeah the house is going to get paid for if I die here. That's, you know, my, my kids are not going to be homeless as a result of this.
2: Yeah, and it is sort of fleeting moments of probably catastrophizing more than anything else. And then you go outside and you play with your kids and have fo- play football and go, well, actually, if all these things don't come back, you still got this and it's yeah. fine. And, you know, I do like these people that I spend almost all my time with anyways. <laughs> <laughs> nice if they could jump the <laughs> Life's very strong, Nathan. That's a very strong very strong trait. I, mean, I love them, obviously. <laughs> exactly. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. At certain times, there's a to- tolerating does come into it. And there is. And it, it it does definitely feel easier when the weather is is like it is at the moment and you can get out about. And you, you do come around to the realisation very quickly that life does go on and day-to-day things do continue to happen and you can enjoy certain things and O'Brien's will still deliver no matter how bad this pandemic gets. <laughs> are you getting free wine from O'Brien's? No, I'm not. I'm not. Unfortunately, I'm not. And I haven't ordered since then. It turned I'd out like all the supermarkets are my... open so I can just go in there. Was, I'd like to say hello to all my
0: friends. Shut up for a second. I'd like to say hello to all my friends in Sweeney's D3 in Fairview. It's a brilliant shop. They that have a, a click and collect if you want it. You can go in and have a wander around. They've got great food their wine selection is second to none I just want to get that in there while you're,
1: when
0: you're, when you're, when you're in your T.J. O'Mahony's
1: by the way T.J. O'Mahony's in uh, Ballymount what, a, what I think one of the finest hardware um, garden stores in the land I couldn't recommend them enough
2: well I'd say they're delighted uh, that this. you've outed the fact they're still open
1: well they're builder supplies aren't they so
2: this is shameless this is a new low <laughs> jump
1: on in David jump on in <laughs>
2: yeah, Dave's like God. Mm-hmm. well uh, listen I'm just, I'm just surprised Jar hasn't started talking about Gangs of London again <laughs> Podcast there, Dave. If you want, he's the, only, he's, the only, he's the only man making the corporate dollar at all at the moment. I refuse I to feel be like, dragged
3: into this.
1: I feel like, um, my experience here for the last sort of 30 minutes or whatever length it is, we've been doing when you bring your children. It's been nice actually because it's like when you bring your children to the restaurant, you know, that you are trying to get them to behave by doing all sorts of things to entertain them as subtly as you possibly can. I felt like. Me and little Annie here
2: for the last uh, 30 minutes. Does Dave, Dave does this count imagine. as bringing your child to work? Are you, are you annoyed right oh. now? Are, are you, is this one <laughs> of the, right, yeah. one of the uh, positives for you for the pandemic that you've had to become more accepting of looking at other people's children when you're in a work environment?
3: <laughs> Look, they, uh, the bringing your kids to work thing is only really surrounding bringing them in to show them off. Bringing them in when you've been left with absolutely no alternative is acceptable we've talked about this already hey and that's another Jesse, it, it, it
2: won't be acceptable for anybody to bring their children into the office in future
3: it, it, not is, an, it is a huge a huge positive it's not acceptable to bring them shopping so that hours hour and a half is always spent on your own where you can gather your thoughts and prepare for the next week but um yeah, I think Adrian was left with no alternative but to bring the little one to work today. So mm. uh, he's absolutely fine on that count in my way.
2: The uh, yeah. not having uh, any so time to worked. yourself is difficult to deal with. The old hour in the supermarket is really coming to the fore right now. But I'm going through yeah, my catastrophizing the- and I'm thinking about you know <laughs> sitting in the lounge in uh, Dublin Airport or in uh, Heathrow on a Sunday evening after being at a Premier League match and having a, had a nice you know, 15 hours to myself.
3: Apart from the fact that when you're in there, you're desperately trying to avoid other people and making sure that you haven't torn the mask off your face uh, and wondering uh, whether the item you've got in your hands has been touched by several other people in the last hour.
1: It's not as as easy and comfortable as it used to be.
2: But, But you still get the half an hour sitting in the car first. (laughs) <laughs>
1: and,
2: and then and, and then you have to judge it to perfection afterwards to, i wonder how long i've got before the frozen items go off I can't, I can't i can't believe there's still such a massive queue outside the supermarket every day yeah,
1: yeah. You're giving. Me, you're but giving you, a, but day you day went day. at nine o'clock you went at nine o'clock on a sunday evening yeah, what yeah. Yeah, we
2: have one five, minute and, we have one minute and 30 seconds left
3: for every 10 Christ. cars you walk past in the department store uh, supermarket ah, ah, car park six ah, of them are still ah, occupied ah, ah, ah. I think That's that might be yeah, the, the, most cohe- ah, the most coherent ah, point ah, that has come
2: from that camera so far it is. <laughs> to, uh,
0: ah, to Annie and Adrian thanks very much ah, to Nathan thanks, ah, thanks ah, very much. of and um, I really hope that you and your friends that in particular your, your mate's family um, get some peace um, okay. Thanks for sharing that. Today. Thanks, Obviously, yeah. thanks, very buddy, difficult yeah.
1: to do. No worries. And, uh, nice. This
0: week's this week's edition of Dadcast is done. You can email us dadcast at offtheball.com or you can follow us at dadcastpod on Twitter.